the first episode was not well received by anyone. Anyone. Especially the only people we told about it. Yeah. Who were our friends and family. Do you have any thoughts about why that is? Well, first of all, it's not a good sign if even our friends and family can't get through it. That's true. Though, <clears throat> considering the highly technical content of the first podcast, none of our friends and family would really be interested anyway. Highly technical? Yeah. All I did was talk about games. Programming games. Oh, yeah. Okay. People aren't really into that. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. In order to get around this problem of, you know, just talking about geeky things like games, we decided to go to a video game bar to reduce the geekiness. Yeah. uh, We were going to try to add some alcohol to the experience to see if that would help. Well, but we weren't going to record there. The idea was to just go there, take a look, and report back. We're going to do some field work. Yeah. So we, we have done it. What was your impression? Well, first of all, we should say we went to something called the Good Game Bar, uh, which is just south of Young and Eglinton here in Toronto. It's been open, what, a few weeks? Uh, a few weeks. We found out that we happened to be there during the soft open, though unlike <coughs> the casino in Ocean's 13, which was undergoing a soft open, this one wasn't you know super exciting with lots of suave gangsters or anything like that inside. Um, it's basically a, just a small bar. Not many tables, beverages only, no food, and a couple of TVs on the wall showing... Esports. Yeah. I, I don't actually know many of the games. Uh, there was, um, so they were showing League of Legends, they were showing... Uh, they, they showed some StarCraft 2 on my request. Yeah. Not as nerdy as I thought it would be. There were uh, even some, some females there. Yep. Yep. That was surprising. And uh, good looking ones too. The drinks were phenomenal. So first of all, like I said while we were there, I would go there just for the beer because the craft beer selection is amazing. And they had stuff on tap. I didn't even know you could get it on tap. Yeah. The no food thing, you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? I didn't mind it. Uh, I didn't go home hungry. Yeah. Most people who are gamers when they're gaming, I guess, would just kind of have snacks. So they had, you could get a bag of goldfish. Yeah, that's right. And maybe some uh, pickled type stuff. Yeah. Uh, or cured meat or something like that. I don't this. know if anybody's going there to drink and play games, though. Well, we did. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into that later. Okay. So the, there's an upstairs to this bar, which uh, has, uh, I guess, five sort of gaming stations. Um, the problem is it's just a windowless room. Yeah. Uh, it's not open to the rest of the bar. It feels really claustrophobic. Like we said, it's it's upstairs and it should really overlook the rest of the bar. In fact, it, it could do that. It except could have. There's a, a wall in the way that could easily knock the wall out and just put a railing in and have it be part of the rest of the bar. It looks like a conscious decision, but we're not exactly sure why. Well, I think that's a bad decision. It makes it feel really separate, isolated, and claustrophobic, as I said. But I, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe uh, they're trying to make it uh, as close to the basement in your house as it possibly could well, be. mission accomplished then, I have to say. But yeah, we had a, an, an okay time. Um, I don't know if I would really go back. It didn't feel that different than any other bar, except yeah. for the fact that StarCraft was on the televisions. Instead of hockey or football. Instead of hockey or football. And it didn't look like anybody else there was really paying much attention to it, to be honest. Yeah. Like, there were other people there hanging out, having some beer. Not many. We were the first to arrive. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, yeah. It they unlocked the door right when we got there. That's right. Uh, some more people did trickle in. But, uh... I think that probably didn't help. What? Well, that the we, lack of people. Yeah, that we, we got there just as it was opening. Like, we, we headed down there just after work. Yeah. So it opens at 5. We got there shortly after 5. And we were the first ones in the door. I suspect, considering the nature of gamers that like to stay up late, perhaps it 
gets more interesting later on in the evening. Yeah, quite possibly. But as I said, it didn't feel much like an esports bar. It just felt like a bar. You know what I found was missing? So it's one thing to sit there and talk amongst yourselves, but also be watching something like that on TV. But the fact is, like, you can't see or you can't hear the commentating. So if you have no idea what the game is that you're watching, you really are not able to follow it at all. Yeah, and um, as someone who's not into this esports or sports in general, for that matter, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I've never played some of these games, and it looks like they're sort of following people around a map, shooting at stuff, or magicking at stuff, or yeah, whatever, and so I have no idea how to determine who's even winning the game, or a, is it a team? I don't, I don't even know. So that's where a commentator would come in handy, right? Cause, right. Because they're explaining things, they're sort of unfolding the story as it plays out. They're, they're talking about, you know, the different hero choices that people have made and how that affects how the game is going to play out. A lot of the better commentators will even, like, predict what they think is going to happen, and then if it does play out that way or not, that becomes interesting. Do you think perhaps they could put um, subtitles? Of the commenting, if such a thing is available, I don't know. They're they're using no because it's it it wouldn't really work. It would distract from what you're trying to watch. Could you not put it on a sidebar or something like that? Because with conventional sports in a bar, you often see the comment uh, commenting as uh, closed caption. It's awful. It's it's not good. It's um... okay, but is there a better idea? What are you going to do? Pass out wireless headsets to people or Bluetooth? Ear dongles to listen to the commenting. This is I, not a problem unique to the esports bar. I don't. Right? Ha- I don't have a solution to this. I, all I will say is that the sound of a guy talking over it and explaining what's going on is necessary because there's there's too much going on on the screen for you to like overlay it with words. Even if it's even if it doesn't actually overlay the action, like you can't be constantly flipping back and forth. Okay, so I'll grant you it's really nice to hear a commentator track. Like, uh, who's the CBC Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday commentator? Ed, his name is something like Ed Cole? No, or you're, you're talking about Bob Cole. Bob Cole. That, so, that wasn't a long time ago, though. No. Feels like just last year when I was watching it was Bob Cole. I'm going to look this up. Huh, so it says he only did it till 2008. Yeah. Jim Hewson. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not entirely willing to accept this yet, because I swear when that I've it? listened to... Hockey games as recently as a year or two ago, and the guy said this is Bob Cole because his voice is very distinctive. It is, and I have trouble watching a hockey game when someone else is, is doing the commenting. Yeah, Jim Houston. I was first introduced to him in an uh, on an NHL game title, and then I started watching some hockey after that. And yeah, he was there, and it was hilarious because he sounded like like my game. It wasn't the other way around. Right. The point being that yes, it's much more fun to watch a game when you can hear. The commentator. The but, commentator also adds a, a level of uh, excitement to it too, because yeah, of course, the voice goes really high. Goal! Yeah, right? that's yeah, right. That's okay. right. Especially in Korea, the Korean commentators are especially amazing for that. <laughs> but it would be in Korean. Yeah. Okay. But okay. But but they're good at playing up the excitement. Factor. So it's almost just an additional game sound or something. Like, yeah, yeah. As far as you're concerned. For us, yeah, for sure. At any rate, the point of all this was that. Other bars, people go to regular sports bars to watch sports, mm-hmm. and you can't hear the commenting there either. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be a catastrophe, so... Well, this goes back to what you were saying before about how, like, these sports are recognizable by many people. Like, they can get by watching the action. Right. But, I mean, certainly a lot of the people who go to this bar would know about, uh, it was the Defense of the Ancients or something like this. Okay. Or, what was the other one? League of Legends? Yeah. 
So if they know the game, can you not understand what's going on the screen if you know how to play the game? You can, you can, but uh, I don't know, something's missing if there's no commentating. Is there not some sort of overall statistic? Like, obviously, when you're watching hockey at the top of the screen, there's the score, mm-hmm. 3-2. Is there, I don't remember whether this was the case, but is there not something similar for StarCraft, like current units versus other yep. current units or yep. something? Yeah, you can, can take just... a look at the uh, supply counts. You can take a look at, you can just uh, have a quick look at the mini-map to see how many bases they each have. But you just need the person to walk you through what's going on. Like, this person's thinking about transitioning into some upper tech, and this person's thinking about getting another expansion. And then it happens, or it doesn't, and that's interesting. Right? Is it because the rules are much more complex in a game, like, whatever, like one of these games? Yeah, they're very... something like hockey. They're or... very strategic, right? Like, hockey, well, okay, yeah, it's, it's strategic, but you can see it all by kind of just understanding that there are guys with sticks and a puck. Like, that's really all there is to it. So what do we conclude about this eSports bar? Any good? I would prefer to go to it when there was some sort of big event happening and you could hear the commentating from the feed. Because I, I think in that case, like you would get everybody sort of more focused on what was going on on the TV and we, you, we could be having individual conversations about it, but it would all be focused on what was happening. Um, I guess that's true. Now that I think back on it, if you go to a sports bar during some major event, like the NHL final Game. Or what's happening for basketball with us right now. What? Yeah. Then, actually, the sound is on. Now that I come to think of it, they do play the sound. And everybody comes together and is very excited about what's happening, right? Right. I was thinking more of when you go to a sports bar during no particular event, and there's something on the TV. Even, but, the, uh, even then, yeah, you're just there to eat and drink with your friends, and you can look up and there's a game on. That's okay. different, right? Okay. So maybe we should try and go back during some... Major event. Major event. Quote, unquote, major event. Yeah, quote, unquote, major event, such as it is. Yeah, uh, do we want to talk about esports versus regular sports as a something to watch? Esports as something to watch. Well, is it more or less compelling to watch esports versus regular sports? Oh, uh... We've got dead air here, CSJ. That's okay. You know what the best thing about uh, doing a podcast recorded instead of live is? Editing. Yeah. Do you want to talk about editing? Well, we're kind of jumping all over the map here. Yeah, we are. Do you want to finish your My thought on... uh, We can cut and paste it all together afterwards. Yeah, but that's a level of editing that takes a lot of time. I don't have the time or possibly the editing skills to change the order of everything around. All right. I think it's going to have to go sort of in the order that we talk about it here. All right. And then I'll just remove the dead space and... uh, and, mm, is esports worth watching? It's as worth watching as a regular sport. Why do we watch sports? Because we have some experience with the sport and we like to watch people who are really good at it do it. Why do we like to watch esports? Exact same reason. We have some experience with the game. We want to watch it played at the professional level. Right. So my position was that esports have a harder road to hoe, so to speak, because video games come and go very quickly, whereas um, traditional sports stick around for... I mean, at the very least, decades. So, uh, in the case of something like golf, centuries easily. Yeah. And uh, so, there's more of a chance that you will have had some connection to playing the actual game. I've never played any of the games that were on display at this bar, with the exception of StarCraft Two. <coughs> I think I played it with you and and Paul and something like that at one yeah. point. Yeah. But I played it once or twice or something. So what you're getting at is that the uh, the viewership for these games is going to be much less than any sport. That's okay. Has to be. That's okay. Right. Like. Put it on anyway. 
People will watch, like some people will watch. As is evidenced by the fact that this is the only esports bar in Toronto, and there's got to be thousands of normal sports bars, right? Yeah. So there you have it. Of course, there's also a nerdy stigma to it. But the, you know, the people in there weren't... Um, they, they didn't seem Unwashed bad, or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I mean, know. actually, it looked mostly like hipsters. Probably there for the craft beer. More than anything <laughs> more else. Than the beer, or more than the games. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Are we done with that? I guess we're done with that yeah. part now. All in all, do you, should you go to the Good Game Bar? Eh. If you're a fan of good beer, yes. If you're a fan of esports... Wait for a big event. Wait for a big event. But uh, as just a bar, it's fine. And actually, it's probably one of the only bars I've ever been to, in North America at least, that doesn't have food. Hmm. I mean, it, it has snacks, but... Well, they don't want you to get it grease on the computers upstairs, probably. <laughs> Possibly. Though, I mean, they sell probably uh, chips or something like that. But uh, very, very rare, right? Almost every bar you can think of now has a menu. I, mean, I haven't seen one in ages that doesn't. Hmm. Possibly um, the, the only cafe, I think it's called, up on Danforth. is Again, it's just all about really weird beer i don't think they have food i don't remember but so yeah if you're into good beer go to the good game bar if you're into esports eh, why not but you know don't knock yourself out well does it beat uh, sitting at home and watching it on youtube or twitch well i've <laughs> don't ask me because i would know. never i would never do that you would never yeah okay <laughs> i like to watch stuff on youtube if i'm yeah, like but eating I my breakfast or something. Don't find it fun to watch people play video games. Even a video game that I myself have played, I would have a problem watching. You have to have played it more or less competitively to enjoy it. Who? Like not How many people actually play these games competitively? Like as a job. Is that what you're talking no, about? No, no, no. I don't mean professionally. Yeah, but okay. So Like it's a, it's a competitive game, right? For example, while we were there, I got really excited about Warcraft 2, which is a game I used to play in high school, for God's sake, and I set myself a bit of a challenge to see if I could get it running on my MacBook, and indeed I did. We've actually subsequently played a competitive game of it. I'll post a video of that in the, in the description. Nice. Um, but uh, even though I got really excited about playing Warcraft 2 with you again, um, not that we played it before, just that I played it before, I still wouldn't be able to watch people play it, really. No? But... <laughs> For a minute or two, perhaps, yeah. then it would kind you of can learn. You, you can learn something about it. You know, what kind of builds are these guys doing? Oh, they built this before that, and this has had this effect. And I think I'm just well outside the target demographic at this point, since I have almost no time for video games at all, much less well, yeah. time to plan out my builds in competitive real-time strategy games. You played, uh, you said you played World of Warcraft. I did play World of Warcraft. Would you watch that played semi-professionally? No. I mean, no. I don't even understand how one would play that professionally. I mean, you, you wouldn't just watch someone go around questing, collecting 1,000 beaver pelts or I don't, whatever it is. Yeah, you're right, because it's an MMO. It's not really a competitive well, team I mean, game of, of any kind. They have the sort of, um, whatever they call them, PvP arenas or, or something. Okay. Conceivably, you could watch that. I mean, again, it's the same thing sort of... Could you set up a team match? Of yeah, World five of players enter on each side and, okay. and one team wins. And so that's kind of interesting. You wouldn't want to watch a, a round of that? I guess, I mean, I guess it's sort of the same as watching someone play Counter-Strike, which, again, they talked about there. They, they, they had broadcast that, they did have Counter-Strike well. on, yeah. These Isn't that a little bizarre? Isn't that kind of like watching hockey from the perspective of one of the players? <laughs> I, I find watching uh, Counter-Strike kind of difficult for exactly that reason. You have no overview of the action. Unless, unless you're really good at watching the minimap. 
Yeah, or you know the map by heart, which I'm sure a number of right Counter-Strike players do. The other thing that commentators can often add is uh, when a game is first starting up, a lot of the times it's it's sort of the same stuff and they're sort of setting up their basic uh, setup of buildings. And so the commentators will often add, uh, they'll often tell interesting stories about the players, how they got here, where they are at the tournament, kind of the stats of the map. They'll just fill in a lot of information that is necessary to make this phase of the game interesting. Interesting information about the players. Yeah. Shall I give a nerd-inspired snort laugh about that? <laughs> can, can we hear that one more time? <laughs> that was good. Um, I think you should keep both of those. Right. I'll leave both of them in. Are they that interesting? They play video games for a living. Don't they even live in houses together or something like this? The players are as interesting as the game that they're watching. Okay, again, going back to uh, competitive athletic competitions, often the players lead very colorful lives. International sports megastars, I mean, they do lots of interesting things when they're not playing sports, usually. You could talk a lot about someone like David Beckham. Yeah. (laughs) Outside the context of the game itself. I don't think the same thing would be true for those playing StarCraft. Right. Yeah, because those people aren't just generally... uh, Interesting at all. I mean, no more so than average, at any rate. Possibly. Certainly less than the average. Let's move on. Okay. Should we talk about our experience trying to create a podcast? Yeah, why don't, why don't we do that? You've been the one who's been largely editing and producing this stuff. Right, so the first thing to note is that it's incredibly difficult to capture good quality audio. Yeah. Much more so than I would have suspected. And you get a real appreciation for why studio equipment is so expensive and time-consuming to set up. Um, here in Toronto, one will often see a movie or television shoot being set up. I'm sure you've passed this downtown. and Actually, I even passed it on the way to... Dropping my daughter off to daycare this morning. They were filming something at the church next door. Really? Yeah. My, my daughter's daycare isn't in a church, but there, there is one next door. Nearby, yeah. And they were setting up all kinds of scaffolding. And, and you see these incredibly complicated uh, wire runs, you know, with these big, they call them, uh, I believe, XLR connectors. And you think, my God, you know, all this faff just to uh, record a video. But uh, to do it well is really difficult. I mean, to record sounds such that it sounds as if the two people are there talking. Really difficult. So we started uh, the first podcast and we're recording this podcast on something called a blue snowball microphone. One for the two of us. So this is two dudes, one microphone. Yeah. Because uh, it happened to be for sale near the office. Uh, It's a good microphone, but it's only intended really for a single person to speak into. Uh, it has very little in the way of omnidirectional capability. So, for example, if I was speaking from here, and then I was also speaking from, from here, and then I was also speaking from over here... There's a difference. At any rate, I've decided to get rid of this microphone and get a blue Yeti microphone, which has bidirectional capability. So, two people sitting on opposite sides of the microphone can record. So, we're going to try that out. We're going to try that out, and I'll return this microphone. If you get into things like three or four or five microphones, man, there are lots of weird things you have to worry about. So if you're trying to record voice, it's not so bad. But when you're trying to record music accurately, Mm -hmm. holy crap. I mean, you get into things like each microphone has a uh, clock in it, right? Particularly with a digital microphone. Uh, So it's sending out PCM audio, which is basically the uh, digital encoding of the current 
size of the waveform above zero, right, over time. So this is how CDs are recorded. It just says, you know, at time index one, the height of the waveform is 20, and at time index two, it's 21, yada, 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 right? But the question is, uh, if you have multiple microphones, how do they all know what exactly the same time index is? And so you have to do something called clock syncing, where they're all connected to a central clock. Really complicated. Very interesting, though. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. But I had no idea it would be so difficult. And I mean, we ran into things like, you forget that you can't touch the table the microphone is sitting on. Why? What happens when you touch the table, Ted? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you need to buy these things called shock mounts so that the microphone is isolated from that. Or this is why in a recording studio you see the microphones coming down from the ceiling so that if you lean on the table or kick the table or whatever, the microphone doesn't pick it up. Hiss and pop filters. Another thing you have to worry about. Yeah, if you get close to the microphone and you poof, 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 you get those noises. Yeah. I mean, this seems... Uh, oh, yeah, look at the waveform. Uh, we, we can see the waveform as we're recording, and it looks totally bizarre for that sound I just made. At any rate, difficult. Uh, we're going to try and continue with one microphone, though, a better microphone in the future. So you're doing a little bit of processing on this, though, right? So you're yeah. going through afterwards, and you're cutting out all the white space. Yeah, we'll talk about our opinions on other podcasts after doing this. But yeah, I go through and clean out the white space and the ums and the ahs, or at least as much as I can. Yeah. Another thing about recording audio is... And I noticed I've been doing this even during this recording. The way I speak and the way you speak and the way many people speak is that their voice starts descending in volume as they get to the, more the end of the sentence. Well, a lot of the times that's what people just speak with normally is they kind of speed up and then they trail off and right. get lower in volume. Possibly because the volume of air in your lungs is decreasing and it's harder to maintain a consistent volume. I think it just has more to do with the fact that you're trying to get the person's attention and get them to stop talking. And then once that's happened, your voice just naturally is able to be lower. Right. So this is a big problem when you're recording. And I've been doing it even during this recording. It's really difficult to stop yourself from doing it. Well, now you've looked into some tools for kind of equalizing. Right. Volume, so right? I use uh, something, I do something called compressing the waveform after, which attempts to even out these differences. Mm -hmm. But it's much better if you just maintain a consistent speaking volume in the first place. I'm, I'm trying to keep that in right. mind as well. Now you're thinking about it, right? It's hard to avoid trailing off because that's what I just want to do naturally. <laughs> exactly. Um, on a side note, you know, we mentioned in the last podcast that this is essentially a Hello Internet tribute podcast. That <laughs> was the reason for the uh, title of the last episode. It's like a crappier Hello Internet. What are we going to call this episode? Desperately Seeking Relevance? It's Feel accurate. It's accurate. <laughs> I'm less impressed with other podcasters now. I mean, when you listen to Hello Internet or something with really high production values like Radiolab, it sounds so good. Yeah. But um, the before and after of editing our last podcast, now it still sounds terrible after. Yeah. But it sounded so much worse before. It's amazing how much more intelligent you sound when you have the ability to edit out empty space and ums. I had no idea how many ums I usually inject into my normal speech. Yeah, I just don't recognize them at all when I'm talking. Playing back a conversation you've had, it's really interesting to hear yourself, how other people might hear you, especially if you're doing it with a critical ear. So yeah, I'm a lot less impressed with Gray and Brady now. I, they're probably not as smart as I thought they were. <laughs> at all. I mean, I mean, come to think of it, what are their credentials? I mean, Gray has a master's in economics, I think. Okay. I, I was thinking about this after we recorded, thinking, wait a minute, what? Why do so many people care about this guy's viewpoints on elections and robotics and stuff like that? 
He's in no way an expert. I mean, his skill is just that he's a good teacher. Yeah, he's good at explaining he, he stuff. He read the Wikipedia article and possibly a book. That's the main skill it's, it's that he not, brings. Hey, it's not a trivial skill, but it's not like he himself is an expert in these subjects or even necessarily has good general intelligence. I think he's even said that in, on one occasion. Perhaps, perhaps. That's why I think I actually have more respect for Brady's YouTube channels than Gray's. Mm. Um, Brady just goes out and interviews people who actually are the experts. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like the real mathematicians with, you know, nine PhDs are on Brady's channel. Okay, so natural follow-up question. What are we experts in? Well, not much at all. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, neither are Gray and Brady, so... I see. So the point is there's hope for us yet. There, there is yet hope, but only a fool's hope. Yeah. Well, really, that's the only hope that matters. That's the only hope that matters? No. No, that's not the only hope that matters. That's the hope that matters the least. I mean, yeah. you might have a fool's hope that something will come along to solve global warming, but that's not the one that matters. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. All right. Where, um, where were we at? Uh, the perceived intelligence of the speaker after they've been edited. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They do sound like these eloquent speaking guys after the editing. But you're right. I, I've noticed, now that I've been listening to it a lot more closely, there are lots of edit points in that thing. Oh, yeah. 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 And you don't even hear them unless you're listening for them, right? Yeah. Uh, occasionally in the Reddit comment thread for a Hello Internet podcast, people will point out where some of the edits are, but only the most obvious ones. Yeah. After you've actually done editing yourself, you get more of an appreciation for where it, they are. It makes me wonder what the original recording sounded like. Aren't there outtakes on YouTube or something like that? Uh, the closest thing I can think of is the Hello Internet did an episode called Two Dudes Counting, oh. where they counted up the votes for the flag election. Okay. Have you gotten that far in the podcast yet? Uh, it doesn't sound familiar. I've, I've been listening to it from the beginning. At any rate, they decide far. to have a flag. They hold an election, determine which flag they should choose out of a field of five candidates by having people mail in postcards. Anyway, they did an episode where they simply count up the votes and talk about them as they're coming in. Oh, here's a postcard from, you know, Brady gets all excited when he sees one from Adelaide or something like this. Right. And uh, they did a YouTube video of them doing the counting as well. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. So you can watch the You can watch. There. There, there really isn't much editing or it would, be, it would be much more obvious in video if someone immediately jumps two meters to the right or something like that. And yeah. uh, they still sound very eloquent, by the way. So perhaps they actually are. They're not really having a conversation in that, though, are they? They're doing something. It's different. Yeah, you're right. Though, I mean, they do go off on tangents, as, as one would suspect. Mm -hmm. He said, trailing off into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> you are going traveling. Yes. Where are you going? Uh, let's see. I'm going flying to Budapest. Budapest? Budapest. Budapest. Which is the correct one? Well, S is in Hungarian or pronounced So Budapest. Do go on. Prague. Mm. Krakow. Yep. And uh, another city in Poland. Warsaw? That's the one. Why did you decide to visit Eastern Europe? The nicer parts of Eastern Europe, it has to be said. I've never you, been and Because you've been to Western Europe before. Been to Western Europe before. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I like Europe. Let's just go and check out some places I've never been before. Right. Was it mostly your wife who decided? Where no, to go? no, no. I had some input. Really? Mm hmm. Even made a choice or two. I did. I did. One of the reasons that I wanted to go to Krakow is because I wanted to meet an old buddy of mine from a place I used to work. What do you like about visiting Europe? I don't know. They have a lot of old stuff. In Canada, in Toronto, <laughs> there's nothing old to look at, right? Yeah. At the same time, that kind of surprises me that that's what would interest you. You don't seem like someone who's really interested in old buildings. 
I've never heard you really remark on it. Even when we've been walking around Toronto and I've pointed out some interesting architectural uh, aspect of the city, it, it barely elicits a response normally. But we mentioned that at the time too. Like, how old is old in Toronto? Well, take what you can get. I mean, hardly worth remarking over, maybe. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, are you planning on visiting anything in particular? Uh, we're going to do some mines. Never been into a real mine before. Well, we have those here in Ontario. Net. A lot of them. Yep. Don't have to Where? go. Sudbury. I'm scattered about northern Ontario, hmm. I would say. All right. Um, Probably a little more difficult to get to. I'll grant you that. Going to take in an opera. Going to take in an orchestra performance. Oh, yes, you like that. Yep. Check out some uh, museums. Do some day trips to some places. I'm not exactly sure where. Take in a soccer game. In Prague, we've uh, got tickets for a soccer game. Is this in the Premier League? That's what they call it over there, right? I'm actually not sure. That's what the... You know when you hear about these teams like um, Manchester United? Yeah, yeah. That's the Premier League, right? Well, there's, it is? there's different levels of league, right? Premier League is at the top of that level. Right, but the, the teams that you hear about, like uh, it was recently all over the news here that uh, I believe it's Leicester City, is yeah. how you pronounce it? Yeah. Won some big championship? Yeah, yeah. So are you going to see a team in that league? I think not. I think it's one of the lower leagues. Oh. Uh, yeah. So you're not nearly as excited about that as you would have been... <laughs> I don't know, maybe. I mean, if you had gone to see something where there might have been some of the legendary soccer hooliganism going on, that would, yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah. Though I suspect you're not the kind of person to get drunk and engage in some brawling yourself. Hey, I've just not been around it. If I had been around it, you don't know. I might have been right in there with them. CSJ. We know. But it's do, not going to happen. Do we, do we know, though? We can predict with reasonable degrees of accuracy. <sighs> yeah, you're probably You're not a drunken brawler, mate. Face it. Are you saying I'm a brawler whether I'm not whether or no, not I'm drunk? I, no, you're not a brawler at all, much less a drunken one. Huh. Yeah, that's probably true. Nor am I for that matter. Yeah. I and mean, I'd probably be happy to go and You'd be uh, like a drunken like cowerer. <laughs> no, I I'd, I'd be more looking for uh, people who had abandoned their drinks before even starting them <laughs> and snatching them up for my own. Nice. A drunken scavenger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I haven't traveled anywhere in a while now. I mean, after having children, the desire to travel about, as in with an itinerary, is is totally repellent. Yeah. I, I mean, the idea is to simply do as little as possible. I see. When I want to travel now. I should be fair. I don't really do the planning. I don't do the deciding of what we're going to see. But regardless, I mean, I just want to go somewhere where I can sit down. I mean, I have no desire to go from city to city to city or museum to museum to museum or any of this. I is just it- want to sit on my ass... You know, you can do that here, right? I can, but... It's what's I called a ha- staycation. I've heard of this concept, and it actually sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. But uh, if I was going to travel, it would be to get a more comfortable climate mm-hmm. and an opportunity to uh, have food and drink without having to prepare it myself. So Florida or California? Yeah, or something. something like this. I mean, the only type of holiday where I'd be interested in roving around would be... Like going on a tour of uh, California wine country or something like that. Mm. Yeah. I can't imagine with a small child in tow it would be the same at all. Well, no, but I mean, I I don't want to travel with the child in tow at all. Though I'm often forced to. No, I meant traveling for my own relaxation. So the only traveling I've done the last year or two has been going down to Florida. Stay with my parents. And they watch the little monster while my wife and I attempt to relax. Mm -hmm. Does it work out? Yeah. 
Mm, no, not bad. Well, your parents were just here and you were able to relax a bit. A little bit. A little bit. But, I mean, you can never really relax. The, the ideal would be to leave the, the child behind and go somewhere. With the grandparents or something. Yeah. Leave the child with the grandparents. Yeah. Or whoever. The state, perhaps. <laughs> Depending on how desperate you were. <laughs> Should we just stop here? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. Just have a good trip. Thank you. We'll see you after. Try not to bring the company down while I'm away. <laughs> no problem. I... Damn it! Oh, I'm not going to hold myself responsible for that. <laughs>